Hello, everybody. This is Steve Hay, Care Director at Jacobs Well Church. We are in a three-part series on the Relationship Dance, a series of podcasts that we hope that will be helpful for couples as they, they figure out how to communicate better with each other. In our, in our first one, uh, Gina Young took us through the idea of the relationship dance and, and using the letters F-A-T that stand for feelings, actions, and thoughts, thinking about that in relation to a figure eight that it's on its side. So you have the male and the female, the husband and wife, and this, this line that uh, continually flows from one side to the next. How is that for you and, and your spouse? How is it, uh, is it moving in a way that seems to be flawless and it's healthy? Is it a way that, that uh, brings up feelings of, of just negativity, maybe anger, maybe feeling like you're, you're not connecting with your spouse at all? Well, Gina has joined with me again today to uh, continue this conversation on fat. And last time she introduced the idea that there were patterns that were developed in this process. And so uh, thank you, Gina, for coming back. And uh, let's begin to talk about these different patterns that can be established. Uh, the first one you said was pursue, pursue. What, what do you mean by that? Well, typically when couples are in a, a really committed, uh, attached relationship, they are going to want to keep that connection growing and strong. And so um, typically then they're going to pursue one another. And when this is healthy, it's, it's beautiful because, you know, the one is thinking of the other and doing things for the other and the other is responding and thankful. And there's a, just a, a vibrance in the relationship. And you, you want to have that pursuit of one another in any healthy relationship. Um, however, sometimes when Maybe one feels that the connection is waning um, and notices that there's a, a disconnect that's happened somewhere. Um, they may pursue the other person and the other person feels attacked or criticized. Um, and then that person will get defensive and be like, wait a minute, no, you always do this and you never do that. And, and, it, and they're both trying to really address the issues but it can become heated and volatile and um, maybe not as, as healthy in those kind of circumstances. Mm -hmm. And then there's this um, pursue withdraw pattern. Um, that one's actually the most common. So okay. uh, I think I mentioned last time, it typically is the female who kind of keeps the, the emotional radar up and will notice when the connection is maybe waning. And so she may go and say, hey, you know, we haven't, um, had a lot of time together, or you seem really distant, you're working a lot, something like that. And, um, you know, in, in that case, he may feel criticized. And rather than be like, hey, I'm really sorry, you know, let's make a date and let's go out. Um, he would withdraw and, um, you know, maybe kind of back away as, as she, she is saying something to pull him in. He's actually feeling that he needs to pull out. And so that's more of the and the withdraw kind of thing. And, and, and you may say mm -hmm. this, um, you know, reversed, um, for instance, you know, the husband is feeling lonely, um, and, 
you know, he's wanting to feel connected with his spouse. And so a lot of times that is through that, that sexual intimacy and he reaches out toward her and, and she withdraws by rolling over in bed or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so then mm-hmm. that's the, he's pursuing her, but she's withdrawing from him. And then the, the final is a withdraw, withdraw pattern. And this actually is the one that um, happens if both partners stop pursuing one another. Um, a lot of times, if you have a pursuer who's then uh, met with a withdrawer who gets tired of pursuing, you know, if it's the husband who has reached out to his wife however many times and she continues to roll over in bed, uh, he gets tired of that. He, he gets, you know, frustrated with the uh, rejection that he's feeling and will eventually maybe stop. And she's not pursuing him in that area. And so, in that area of their life, they're in a withdraw, withdraw kind of cycle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in, in the pursue, pursue, the first one you talked about, uh, th- there's a healthiness with that. Mm-hmm. There, there is that sense of desire, mm-hmm. a sense of, of love that they want to be together, that they want to spend time together. They want to be uh, involved in many ways, you know, going on dates, uh, doing things as a family, uh, being involved sexually. So all of those things, the pursuit, there's, there's an equal to it. And and so and when we talk about that relationship dance, they're both involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there were, if that was the example, Gina, if they if the couples were pursue pursue, and there was uh, getting back to fat, uh, there was this feeling that popped up. How would a couple pr- take care of that? How would they address that uh, sense of and in order to keep that pattern healthy? Yeah, so communication is such a, a big part of all of this, right? And um, as we've been talking about acronyms and um, you know metaphors and different things, I'm actually going to throw out another acronym of TEMPO. Um, and so with TEMPO, there's um, it stands for trigger, uh, emotion, meaning, protective response, and then organized response. And um, this, in this case, um, if, if there's certain feelings and actions and thoughts that you're like, oh, this is just becoming problematic, Tempo will give you an outline to kind of slow it down and really identify, you know, maybe what happened in that instance, you know, what was the trigger? Well, the trigger was for the guy, he was feeling, you know, lonely. He wanted to reach out to his, uh, his wife, and then when she rejected him, Ooh, there's all of that feeling mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. emotional rejection. And then the meaning that he makes out of that is like, you don't love me. You know, you don't care about me. You don't want mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. be with me anymore. Uh, and then a lot of times there's a protective action for him, right? Like, well, if you don't, you know, want to, you know, do this with me, I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not going to do that with you mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you kind of organize your response. Like, mm-hmm. fine, I'll just shut down. You know, I won't reach mm-hmm. out to you. And that's maybe where that withdraw, withdraw pattern kind of mm-hmm. starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's going to have her own triggers. You know, it could have been from, you know, past experiences where, you know, there was kind of maybe a, a feeling she had of being demanded upon rather than, you know, feeling wooed or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So she has that trigger that's like, oh, here he goes again. He's asking for, you know, what I what I don't really want to do right now. And so that emotion of like maybe panic that comes in for her and then the meaning of like, you know, he's asking for too much. Um, I can never give him enough. Um, and her protection, protective action is like, 
boom, I'm done. You know, I'm just going to pull away. I'm going to protect myself. And then she organizes it by, mm -hmm. you know, not maybe engaging. Um, so those are some ways that you can, you know, really pull it apart, slow it down, but then also kind of come back together and be able to talk about your own side of mm -hmm. what's happening in the dance, right? Okay. Because if you can't talk about what's happening in the dance, you can't actually change what's happening in the dance, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what was the trigger? Ah, this was the trigger. Now I understand. Uh, and so maybe the next time, you know, something is said to kind of like ease it differently so that the trigger isn't as blatant or doesn't mm -hmm. happen in mm -hmm. the first place. So in all couples, even even if it's in a good situation of a pursue-pursue, mm -hmm. there's going to be some tension. There's going yeah. to be something that happens. And so what you're saying is that those that are in healthy states are able to identify them fairly early and then and then deal with them, mm -hmm. you know, address them. Okay, why is this? Let's talk about that. Pick a time when the the two can talk without kids around and have uh, just some adult conversation about that. When they get into that pursue withdrawal, you're you're saying something is shutting down. Mm -hmm. the, the the dance is is breaking up. It's no longer this nice flow. One is one is trying to uh, pursue the relationship, and one is you know maybe maybe it's a conversational thing where one is talking and the other one just tunes them out. Mm -hmm. Doesn't even doesn't even answer, or worse yet, walks away. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's a you know it's a feeling of just really even shutting down feelings. Mm -hmm. You know where where uh, you mentioned before the the wives oftentimes have that that radar, and so they might ask a question, and the man rather than being honest and and somewhat vulnerable might say, "Oh, nothing's going on." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and 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 so withdrawal that way. So that, that's why you're saying that the pursue withdrawal is, is probably the most common. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, the important thing to remember is generally both partners are really uh, invested in making the relationship work and be healthy. So it could be that the, the spouse that's withdrawing is recognizing that if they stay engaged right now, they're going to say something that's going to cause more harm or mm. do harm to the relationship in a way that they don't want to do. So they withdraw to kind of calm down and kind of get back to that homeostatic mm -hmm. like peace that both want. They both want to be okay. They want to feel yeah. like the relationship is healthy. So, so, but that's, yeah. a, that's an awareness piece yes. that uh, that's not saying, hey, we're not going to forget about this or just brush it under the rug. Right. We're saying, yes, we need to deal with this, but right now I need to, I need to give myself a timeout. Yes. <laughs> I, I need to, uh, because if we pursue this much for much more, I might say or do something that would come out in a, in a really negative way. Right. And so it, then it's important if that person does withdraw to help the relationship that they come back in and are willing to pursue again. Like, mm -hmm. hey, we need to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to address this issue that you brought up. I see that you're concerned about it. You matter enough to me that I, I too, want to address it. Um, and you can say, it's easier for me to address it um, when it's brought up this way. Because when it's brought up this way, I tend to feel criticized and want mm -hmm. to back down. Uh, you know, so you can say things like that, and it's it's hard, especially when you've gotten into patterns that are maybe not so healthy. Yeah. When when you have worked with couples in in the past, Gina, 
which is harder to work with the people who are in that pursue withdrawal pattern or the withdrawal withdrawal pattern? The withdrawal withdrawal pattern, definitely. Um, because once you get to a point of withdraw withdraw, um, there's kind of this resignation that, you know, we're done, you know, that the relationship is starting to die or has died because neither are in a place where they feel safe enough or have the energy any longer to continue to mm -hmm. put toward the relationship that it needs to be vibrant and to continue on. But we would, uh, we would probably say to those who are listening that if that's where you kind of find yourself, that mm -hmm. there still is hope. Absolutely. It, it, it may take time mm -hmm. to break down some barriers. It may take time to have some, some in-depth conversations uh, prayer is always going to be helpful, and uh, but God is in this for the long run. And if that's where you find yourself, uh, all is not lost. There's there's some people when they get in that withdrawal, withdrawal, or even pursue withdrawal, and, and they're seeing that they just throw in the towel. They yeah. just say, "I'm done," mm -hmm. um, and that's that's really too bad because God has brought these people together for some reason that is glorious, and yet uh, people upset they get uh they they get tired and then they they just want to call it quits well and i think that's why it's really helpful to talk about the patterns that get established because then you can recognize where is this happening within myself or within my relationship and if you have the language to be able to talk about it then you're able to say okay now that we can talk about it, we can name it, we can actually do something different. We know that the antidote to withdrawing is actually pursuing again. Mm -hmm. Can we mm -hmm. get back to the point where we're willing to pursue again? And that's that's where you're talking about in this relationship dance and of the tempo, of, mm -hmm. of slowing things down. Mm -hmm. And again, could you go through what those letters mean, the, the T-E-M-P-O? Yes. So it's trigger. There's going to be some sort of trigger that happens. There's an emotion there's some meaning that you make out of what just happened. Um, there's a protective action, and then there's an organizing response. Um, so if you can look at whatever happened in your conflict or in, in that specific you know, memory that you have that seems to be coming up or a reason why you feel so disconnected, you look at, you know, this is what triggered it. This is the emotion. This is the meaning I made out of it. This is how I protected myself or am protecting myself. And this is how I'm organizing it now. Um, and be able to share that in a safe, loving kind of way with your spouse. Um, then you can have some some potential to say, well, what can we do about that? How can we um, make sure this doesn't happen again? Or um, how can we move forward so that we can change the, the dance steps? Yeah. Yeah. So... If we were to use a use a specific example, um, one of the one of the people in the in the relationship says, "I, I'm not good enough. Mm. My uh, my partner doesn't love me." And maybe there's a jealousy thing going on, or maybe it's it's lack of attention. Um, so talking about the trigger there. Would that be something that happened in this as an adult? Maybe something that even goes back to the childhood that uh, could be similar, or how? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are so many times when couples um, are actually responding to something that they learned growing up, 
right? Or messages that they received or things that they started to believe about themselves or about their value or about their worth um, that they bring into the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that can definitely um, play a part then in the dances that get created between couples. And it might not actually be something that was caused by the relationship or you can contribute to the relationship, um, but it's something that maybe happened a long time ago. And and Mm -hmm. of course- There's that meaning- Yep. That's attached to that particular word, phrase, or situation that just takes that person back to a painful experience in their past. Absolutely. Yeah. And understanding that. And if you can, you know, talk about it in such a way where you feel like your spouse understands, okay, this isn't about us right now. This is about something that happened before, but I know I'm bringing that baggage in. Mm -hmm. Um, And you'll see that with like remarriage situations, right? There's a lot of pain that comes in. And so there's a lot of meaning that's been uh, attributed there. And, And so being able to talk about, okay, yeah, that, that trigger wasn't actually because I believe this about you, but it's because of what happened to me when I was in this other relationship. And therefore I, I just automatically start Mm -hmm. responding. And, and, you know, that's something you have to own that this is my own pain. This is my own stuff. And I can't continue to, you know, just blame this other person. Um, But it, it's part of that ebb and flow again, that, you know, you can work through when you slow it down, you start uh, trying to understand one another as best you can and loving each other in the, the ugly and the, you know, the mess ups and, and all of the, um, you know, beautiful craziness of life, right? Because we're imperfect people. And yet, mm-hmm. you know, we, we do want to love each other through those imperfect moments too. Right. So slowing down the dance, I've heard you say that several times. It's mm-hmm. just, just a critical, critical step. It takes the desire and the time for people to uh, invest mm-hmm. in their relationship. Uh, you can't do that through a series of texts or messages. You really need that face-to-face time. Uh, you know, I think of uh, other ways here at Jacob's Well that we would uh, be able to help people. It's, it's Sometimes I know that some couples are helped when they can get with a, another couple, we have mar- marriage mentors who will connect and help people to just have conversations and begin to get to some of these things that you're you're mentioning. You know, what are those triggers? Okay, why is that trigger there? Let's slow it down and talk about it and yet feel a sense of honesty and respect that goes along with that. Um, you know, but I would imagine there are sometimes too, Gina, that, you know, as, as a professional yourself, that there are times where maybe getting connected with a a counselor is really the best step to help get to what some of those some of the sources for those triggers are then mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's it's investing in the relationship it's mm-hmm. um it's kind of that idea of pursuing the other person through trying to understand them as much as possible um loving them even in the midst of the the ugly um right. and, but uh, you know, sometimes having that third party to just help slow things down because once you get so entrenched in some of these patterns, it can be really hard to get out of them. And actually, some of the research says that, um, you know, 
this is Gottman's research, that couples will recognize that they're starting to get into these ugly kind of patterns and they'll wait six years before they'll actually maybe reach out to a counselor to talk about it and to try to get some help. And, you know, that's a, that's a long time. Um, get some pretty unhealthy patterns established in six years. Yeah. 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 So a lot to think about here, and I uh, want to thank you for joining with Gina and myself today. Uh, this is a three-part series on the relationship dance. And in our, our next episode, we're going to be talking a little bit more about conflict and how that can actually be your ally. So I uh, encourage you to join in. And uh, again, our goal here is to help couples uh, just be able to take steps together to uh, improve the relationship, to improve their communication, and to just, uh, as they are out in the community, be that couple that others will look like and say, look at how flawlessly they dance together. <laughs> they seem to just glide through the problems of life, and the problems will be there. Mm-hmm. Th- 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 there's uh, Even as, as followers of Christ, we, we know that those issues are going to arise. But uh, we are able to learn tools, able to learn some ideas that uh, can help us to address those in a much healthier way. So thank you, Gina, again, for for joining with me today in this and uh, look forward to hearing more about conflict. Thanks, Steve.